Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic, Guardians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And whew, we are in winter, the throes of it in northeast Ohio after last weekend's uh, heavy snow winter storm. And then the frigid temperatures overnight Friday night and into Saturday morning. But hopefully we're getting you through with some baseball talk to warm you up during the hot stove season. And as has been the case... Since December 1st, we are doing things a little bit differently and really focusing on some of the personalities in the Indians Baseball Operations Department. And this week, that means we will be joined by Alex Eckelman, the Guardian's Vice President of Hitting, and also Chris Gale. Chris is someone who's been in the organization for a while at the scouting level, but uh, he changes directions a little bit. Still a lot to do with scouting, but he's now the Guardian's Director of Player Evaluations. Both have interesting backgrounds, college careers, pro careers, a lot of it in independent baseball. We'll get into some fun stories about their path to their current spots in uh, in terms of the Guardians organization now. So we'll take a break and come back. Alex Eckelman, the Guardians Vice President of Hitting. That's coming up next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors, about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us. And as advertised, we will be joined shortly by Alex Eckelman, the Guardians' new vice president of hitting. And it's part of our series of interviews during this offseason, a different type of offseason during the hot stove time, where we can take a deep dive into some of the personalities on the baseball operations side, specifically on that development side. And Alex begins his 13th season in the organization this year. He will lead the Guardians hitting development and performance throughout the organization and will learn more about his role that that has him dovetail between the minor leagues and the major leagues after spending the last six years specifically in player development. But we begin with his background, and it's really interesting. He had nine seasons, parts of, in minor league baseball, some of it independent league baseball. We'll talk to him about that. But he played collegiately and played very well at Ohio State. And for someone who grew up in St. Louis, that's an odd path when you figure that that most of the players at Ohio State, it's much more regional on the baseball end of things than it would be on the football side in terms of recruiting. So we asked Alex Eckelman how he ended up at OSU. Yes, and truth be told, I did not have like the allegiance or the history behind Ohio State that uh, once I got here, I knew I was lacking uh, based on <laughs> based on everybody else I was surrounded by. Uh, but I was fortunate enough, my high school coach, Lee Ingert, uh, Hall of Fame high school coach in, in Missouri, uh, in St. Louis, uh, he actually coached uh, the head coach at Ohio State at the time, Bob Todd. And also Greg Seiprit uh, was the assistant coach at Ohio State at the time, was also from St. Louis. So there was that connection there. Uh, it ended up uh, we had a really good high school team. Uh, myself and uh, Ben Volk, a pitcher on our team, both went to Ohio State uh, out of my class. Uh, and it ended up being like a, just a tremendous opportunity where I grew a ton, both obviously as a person, uh, but as a player uh, at Ohio State. And so that connection, as irregular as it was, was was extremely extremely opportunistic and, and fortunate for me. And career wise, you you did well enough to be honored later on as a part of their varsity O Hall of Fame. I, I hope I'm I'm getting that proper uh, title correct. But uh, you go in with Eddie George, who, who had a great nfl career is it true that they just kind of needed to fill out things and, and brought eddie in uh because it was really geared toward you and the baseball program there <laughs> right exactly uh i mean first of all it was a tremendous honor to be to be given that accolade by by ohio state university um and just means it means a great deal to me but to be recognized alongside of eddie george uh absolutely fantastic to uh share i mean just be basically a fan of 
him going through that process and the excitement around his funny stories. So G George E Eckelman, uh, were side by side, like in the programs. <clears throat> so he spoke first at the banquet and he spoke first. Obviously everybody was truly anticipating that, uh, on the edge of their seat. And I just remember like half the room vanished uh, when I went up there to the podium after he spoke <laughs> and understandably so. Uh, and then the next day, I remember we were honored at halftime of the football game and it went in the other order. So I was recognized first, but the whole fan base started seeing Eddie George was being recognized the next. And I think all everything they said about me was completely drowned out by the fans just erupting in, in obviously enthusiasm and, uh, obviously looking forward to Eddie George being announced. All right. Well, thank you for the clarification because I had heard it was the other way around, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you have this, obviously a, a really good career at Ohio state. Um, you're in the Cardinals organization and they send you to Johnson city, Tennessee, the Appalachian league, which is the, I mean, the lowest rung of rookie ball in the minor league ladder. What was it like? You go from major college ball, big 10, to Johnson City, Tennessee. What was that like when, when you show up and, and you start playing professionally, which is obviously the competition is is better, but I would imagine conditions and, and fan-wise it might be a little bit different. Yeah, you know, completely different. Um, and what I loved about, and even the college experience to some degree, but you are still playing more so with regional players. And at Ohio State, we had players from, you know, around the country, but it, it still was centered around a regional, you know, group of uh, players more so around the Ohio area. Then you go to uh, Pro Bowl, and that was probably one of the cooler aspects was now you're sur surrounded by all sorts of people from all different age groups, different backgrounds, you know, in, in rookie ball when clearly there's uh, a lot of international players uh, playing alongside of you, high school players, college players, and then not – only learning about each other, uh, but learning from each other and the different experiences that, that we had. And so even though, yes, like Ohio state, definitely you're taken care of, right? Like you have all sorts of great resources around you, facilities, all of that. Um, one thing that did allow you to adjust quicker from, uh, being a college player was, uh, the summer leagues in college are not necessarily the same, uh, but they are in these smaller cities and these smaller towns. And, uh, you know, not necessarily the Cape, but I played in the Shenandoah Valley League. Uh, and so in Newmarket, Virginia, and I'm not sure if many people know where Newmarket, Virginia is, but you do get used to some of that, some of playing in these smaller stadiums in these smaller cities uh, and being comfortable uh, because clearly you're trying to perform and, if you are not comfortable within that surrounding or allow yourself to be comfortable uh, to perform like it is, it's a challenging road. We are joined by Alex Eckelman, the Indians vice president of hitting, talking about his path to his current position. And it was nine years, uh, parts of nine seasons playing professionally. And you mentioned uh, starting with the Cardinals. You also saw some time in the minor leagues with Houston, but also some independent ball and, uh, what was that like compared to affiliated ball? Was it, was it much different? 
It was for me. It was a great learning experience, and and again was surrounded by a lot of really good coaches and 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 other good players. Um, why it was important to me was when I went to the Cardinals organization, I was a non-drafted free agent and I was more so a utility player. And it was something that uh, uh, was, you know, allowed me the opportunities. Uh, and from my experience at Ohio State, I did catch one year, even though I was mainly an infielder, I caught one year at Ohio State because of injuries. Um, so that versatility allowed allowed me and afforded me opportunities <clears throat> And when I was released by the Cardinals after five years, going to play independent ball, it allowed two things, a chance to play every day uh, and really hone my skills and, and prepare to play in, on an everyday basis. Uh, but really one of the, my most rewarding experiences, you know, through baseball was then being selected out of independent ball uh, to play for a Team USA in the World Cup of Baseball in Cuba after my second year there. And that experience, I mean, to play for your country, play in a setting like Cuba uh, where, I mean, rabid fan base, uh, the excitement, the enthusiasm around there, and just an experience that, you know, a lot of people don't get uh, was tremendously uh, rewarding for me before then returning to affiliate ball the next year with the Houston Astros. You wrap up your your playing career, and and not long after that, you're hired by the Indians. And I know I I think I first met you when uh, you were doing the advanced scouting coordination with the big club. And that, how did you transition from from playing to a role with a with a major league team, traveling with them, and and kind of breaking down scouting reports and things like that? You know, give credit to all of our coaches who dedicate so much time uh, and sacrifice quite a bit. Uh, you know, from their own lives for you know the benefit of our players, uh, because that's what it's all about uh, in that coaching realm. And they obviously have their goals too. Uh, and where I was with my life, I was looking for you know potentially another opportunity outside of coaching in particular. And that's where the opportunity with the Indians came uh, the following year. And so with that background um, and uh, experiences. Uh, it just allowed me the opportunity to uh, work on the advanced scouting part of things, connected with the coaching staff. Manny Acta at the time uh, felt like there was a value of me traveling with the team and bringing the report in life to the players and the coaching staff in person. Uh, and so, you know, again, a great learning opportunity that ended up, uh, you know, giving me some really good tools and experiences to now then take into player development. And you make that transition, and we're joined by Alex Eckelman, who's now the vice president of hitting, and, and it's kind of a, a blended role, major leagues and minor leagues. But uh, you start in the player development side of things, and, and it seems like things have really advanced in terms of, of technology and all that kind of everything that goes into to making a player today, how different is it as you transition into this role than when you first entered the minor leagues in terms of what hitters have available to them? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you the things that we stress and the, and the things that we stress is, is making sure that this is player centric. I mean, it is about what we can do. I mean, there is all sorts of resources, technology, information out there. Uh, and then it's our job to anchor what's hey anchor to what's most important to us as an organization. Uh, what's going to be able to 
impact the player the most and then be able to filter through all of those resources, tools, information uh, for the benefit of the player. Um, you can get lost you know, in a lot of different directions with all the information out there. Uh, again, you know, surrounded by a great team. Nobody, you know, nobody is alone on an island here. So a great team of coaches, uh, a great team of people within the front office, uh, a great uh, a group of uh, scouting um, members that talk to on a regular basis. So it truly is a team effort as far as like, okay, what is important to us? Is there, are there new things that we can be creative, innovate, uh, the way we look at things to, again, help the, uh, help impact the players as much as possible. You mentioned that they could get lost in all this stuff, all this information. How do you, you pick what works best? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and we're not afraid to obviously try things because that's the only way that you're going to kind of push your boundaries, right, to uh, challenge your, your perspectives uh, that you've had or, or your principles that you've had in the past. Um, and and truly test and challenge ourselves and and that's what we do as a group together uh, and then working through those things like in in our line of business you can't really experiment with the players right that's not that that's their career so if you're experiment experimenting with players careers that's that's probably the the bad way to look at it so we really are evidence driven and very research-based as far as, okay, what are the avenues that we are going to spend our resources uh, going down? Uh, but again, that we need to make sure that, hey, this is, this is definitely going to do everything that we possibly can to benefit the staff and the players. Alex Eckelman joining us, recently promoted to vice president of hitting with the Cleveland Guardians. And uh, Alex, you've been in player development for, uh, I think, the last seven years now, and and at least the the press release says that now it includes major leagues and minor leagues. So what's different about what you're doing now as opposed to what you have been doing for uh, the last uh, half dozen or so years? We just continue to put structures in place to make sure that what we're doing is consistent throughout the organization. So in our department, in the hitting department, and I'm partnered up with many, many, you know, obviously uh, great people and great teammates. Uh, but Nate Fryman, uh, who uh, my old title was director of hitting development. He is now the director of hitting development. But Nate Fryman and I work hand in hand on a daily basis uh, with all our staff members, making sure that, hey, what the what is the great practices that we are having throughout our organization, whether those great ideas and practices come from, you know, our coaches and our complex in the Dominican or at A-ball or at the major leagues, you know, that's being transitioned and that's being transferred throughout so that everybody is benefiting from uh, those great pieces of, of coaching or resources or whatever uh, that we're making sure that we're consistent throughout. And ultimately, that's going to benefit our players. Well, it is all part of what makes the development process for the Cleveland Guardians uh, one of the game's best. And, Alex, uh, I know it looks. I know you're very busy. You got a lunch with uh, with Eddie George later today, so so we'll let you go on that one. But uh, thanks so much for the time. This was fun. No, very much fun. Anytime. Thank you. That's Alex Eckelman, just recently promoted to the Guardians' new vice president of hitting. Stay tuned. More to come after this on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And we are joined now, as uh, we have been over the past several weeks, by some of those who have earned promotions and, and some different job responsibilities on the baseball operations side of the Guardians organization. And this week, that means Chris Gale, who has been with the organization for quite some time now. He is the new director of player evaluations. And uh, Chris, we'll, we'll get into what that means in a little bit. But uh, first off, welcome. And I know uh, you're battling through the wintertime as you, you start to look at a new position that, that takes you out of that scouting game a little bit, I think. But uh, it sounds like a real fun opportunity is coming your way here in the future. Yeah, Jim, pleasure to be with you. And uh, certainly excited to explore this new role and opportunity with the Guardians. Um, still be uh, plenty focused on scouting, um, but won't be traveling quite as much, which I know will be uh, will be very nice for my wife and, and young daughter. I'll be able to be home a little bit more. One of the things we'd like to do is, is look at your baseball background. And, and gosh, for you, it, it's from the time you were born. As you were born into a baseball family, your dad, Rich, uh, a real nice major league career. Uh, first with the Royals, a real, real strong rookie season. And uh, he pitched for a, a quite some time in the major leagues. And, and I know for you, you were too young when he was still playing, probably to, to recognize that. But uh, maybe some things that you picked up along the way, whether he was playing or coaching, that helped you in the future as you got into the game in terms of people you met and experiences that you had? Yeah, certainly. I was, like you said, I was, I was too young to remember his playing career. He got done um, playing in the big leagues in 1984 with Boston. Um, but I vaguely remember a little bit in uh, Japan in 1985 and 86. Um, but most of my memories come from his coaching days in the minor leagues with the Red Sox. And then as the Red Sox major league pitching coach in 92 and 93 and, being able to um, be around some of the great players on those teams like Roger Clemens and Mo Vaughn and Tony Pena and Frank Viola um, amongst others was, was valuable for me as a, as a young kid um, just to be able to see the talent level, you know, the work ethic that it took um, and then being able to see how they interacted with their teammates, you know, their routines and things like that was, um, was really valuable. And I'm, I'm sure I didn't, uh, wasn't able to to know all of it at the time but um but yeah it was great you know growing up in a baseball family and then he actually um when he got done coaching um he decided to come home for a while and he actually coached me in high school and, and coached my legion team and you know those were kind of my formative years as a player and so um you know i was able to pick up a ton from him and kind of really help um you know kind of launch my career onto the to the next level in college so you play in college and you also play professionally and now you're in the game uh, on the scouting side as you're growing up in that environment was there 
any thought of anything else that you would do in terms of, of a career aside from baseball? No, no. I mean, it was, it was pretty much all baseball all the time. And, you know, I think like, you know, most kids and, you know, we all have our dreams of, of playing in the major leagues and we all, you know, kind of expect that that's what we're going to do. And, you know, reality tends to sit in pretty quickly and, you know, coming from a, you know, as a kid in New Hampshire, um, you know, where, where baseball, you know, it's just not all that great. You're kind of a big fish in a small pond and, um, you know, you're not really exposed to, you know, the talent levels across the country. And so, um, you know, once I went down to school at university of Virginia, you know, you kind of, it opens up your eyes a little bit that there's a, you know, there's a lot of good players out there, but I still had, you know, I still had dreams of playing and, you know, I really wanted to play as long as I could and, you know, just see how far I could go. And, you know, ultimately after college, um, I went the independent ball route and did that for, you know, for four years and then kind of had to realize that, all right, my, my playing career might be coming to an end here pretty soon. And so it's time to start thinking about something else. And so, um, you know, I had a couple opportunities or a couple people reach out with different clubs, whether it was, you know, getting into scouting or getting into the front office with an intern, um, you know, ultimately landed with an internship with the Baltimore Orioles uh, back in 2009. Backing it up a little bit, you're drafted by Pittsburgh out of high school. I was. Out of high school. Any decision or was it really easy to, to say, hey, I'm going to the University of Virginia, a really good academic school? Yeah, I mean, it was tough. It was, you know, I was um, obviously I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to go to uh, a great academic school like UVA. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, you're looking for a certain signing bonus to, you know, to basically buy you out of that college commitment. And, um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, Pittsburgh drafted me. Um, but you know, the, the season in New Hampshire is, is relatively short, uh, probably similar to here in Cleveland, you know, high school baseball doesn't last all that long. And so, uh, the window to be seen by scouts and, um, for them to be able to make a decision is, is pretty small. And so, um, you know, I was looking for a certain amount of money and, uh, we just couldn't, uh, come to an agreement. And, you know, like I said, I had a, I had a phenomenal, um, uh, option at UVA and, and just ultimately decided that, uh, the college was the route for me to go. And take us back to that time. You're, you're playing in the ACC, which is good college baseball. What, explain to fans that what is it like on a, on a weekend series? Say you're down at Carolina or, uh, you know, some of the others, Clemson. Georgia Tech. I mean, it sounds like every weekend was a gauntlet in the ACC at that time. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, I mean, it was a lot of fun to be able to be exposed to, you know, some of the best college baseball players in the country. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was extremely challenging, um, you know, especially for a kid coming from New Hampshire who, you know, was always the hardest thrower on his team. And, um, you know, I could hit fairly well in high school and you know, quickly realized that, uh, you know, it, it, I wasn't going to be the best anymore. And you had to, you really had to learn. And I mean, you could go back and look at my stats and the freshman year was, was pretty rough. I didn't get a ton of opportunities and, you know, I think I sported an ERA close to 12. And so, um, you know, quite the learning experience, you know, you had to figure out, um, you know, adjustments to make, uh, you couldn't just, 
you know, throw the ball by guys anymore. You really had to locate, you had to mix your pitches. Uh, you had to do a lot of different things that, uh, that you didn't have to necessarily before. And so, um, yeah, there was, I mean, it was a lot of fun being able to travel to those towns and, um, those college environments and those stadiums. It was really cool. And it was, um, it was a learning experience and, and, uh, you know, I seem to get a little bit better here. Chris Gale is joining us. He's the Guardians Director of Player Evaluations, and we'll get into to what that job entails in a little bit. But, uh, Chris, your pro career was spent in independent baseball, and I know you had a chance to pitch in the Atlantic League, which is a well-established league, um, good franchises. But you started, if uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Golden Baseball League with their San Diego franchise in the inaugural season and you hear horror stories about what that can be like in certain circumstances. What was that like in a startup league out west in, in a major league town, San Diego, playing for an independent league team? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I mean, San Diego itself is uh, is such an awesome city, and it was my first real exposure out there. And so, um, but yeah, it was a brand new team and a brand new league. Um, it was managed by former major leaguer Terry Kennedy. Um, and Ricky Henderson was actually on our team, which was which was a lot of fun. I mean, he was probably 45 or 46 years old at the time. But, um, you know, having a chance to play with him and kind of, you know, hearing all the stories about Ricky, um, you know, prior and then getting to see some of those things firsthand was, was pretty entertaining. But, um, yeah, it was a really fun summer or fun two summers. Uh, you know, we got to travel kind of up and down. Uh, California and a little bit of Arizona and we got to play in you know a lot of the uh, uh, some of the spring training ballparks in Arizona as well as uh, some of the college facilities out there we actually played our home games at uh, at Tony Wynn Stadium at San Diego State so um, you know it was a lot of fun a a guy from the east coast um, being able to play with you know a lot of kind of west coast players um, you know former pro players or you know minor league guys a um, couple guys with major league experience. So, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, the, you couldn't beat the weather. Um, and just being in San Diego all summer was was great. And your team won a lot of ball games. At, at, if my records serve, your team won the title in the first year. And, and if that is true, what was that like to be a part of that? We did. I mean, it's always fun to, um, to win a championship uh, and to get a ring. And so to be able to do that um, in our first season – you know, a group of guys coming together, um, you know, really with no prior relationship or experience together. Um, it was a lot of fun. It, it was um, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, Terry Kennedy, like I said, he was the manager and he kind of led the way. He, he put us in a great position and we always had a, uh, a really fun atmosphere around the around the team. And um, yeah, to be able to to win that first year was really special. Chris Gale joining us. He's the Guardians Director of Player Evaluations, just named to that position recently. And, uh, Chris, you're, you're off the field career in pro baseball. Uh, five years with the Orioles, for scout before you were hired to the franchise. And uh, what has stood out to you in terms of, of how they go about things? Because certainly player development-wise has to and has been a real staple of what they do to be successful. And and you've been a big part of that, trying to find talent. And, and what's the key, you think? Yeah. I mean, coming over to the Guardians um, back in the fall of 2013, um, 
initially as a professional scout, so scouting minor league and, and major league players for you know trades and free agent purposes. Um, just the, the systems that the, the Cleveland organization uh, has in place, the processes, um, and the people, it's been it's been really challenging, um, but it's it's helped me develop a lot. Um, you know, we certainly have a knack for for finding talent and being able to develop talent. Like you said, the player development, um, the player development group is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, and so just being able to be a part of the group in you know, in terms of trying to find talent and then bring it into the organization and then help develop it and get it to the minor leagues is, is been special. International cross checker. That's part of your resume, director of international scouting. Uh, I know in certain aspects you, you get to stay in one spot, but I, I know there's some travel involved. How many, has there been a year or a stretch of time where you've looked at your air miles uh, logged and different countries going to where you scratch your head and say, oh, my goodness, where am I today? Yeah, yeah, I think probably back in um, back in 2016 was probably the craziest year and that was i was still pro scouting but we had started to transition our international scouting department and it was um it was kind of an all hands on deck approach where anybody who was interested could kind of help out um, as we were starting to kind of transition and, and build that up and so that was something that i had very little experience in um prior to that year and so um i was interested in helping out and so you know, I was I was pro scouting all over the country, uh, but then helping out internationally, mostly in Latin America. Um, but then I remember on I think it was on two days notice, I was in Dallas uh, scouting the Rangers. And I got a call asking if I had um, the availability to fly over to South Korea to see a to see a high school pitcher. And so I flew over to South Korea, uh, stayed for a couple of days, watched the kid pitch flew back to Dallas, got in my car, drove down to Austin where I was living at the time, and then packed up my bags and flew out to California the next day to see some high A ball. Um, and so uh, that year was pretty crazy. And then uh, just going a little bit further, um, I was doing some international work in the fall. And then obviously that was the year that we went to the World Series. And so I was uh, helping out with the advanced scouting and um, – just helped that coverage kind of going all the way through September, October, and all the way through to the World Series. So that was a uh, that was a whirlwind of a of a summer and fall right there. I know, and visiting occasionally with Paul Gillespie, who's now the senior vice president of scouting. Uh, he was heading up the international scouting part. And he said sometimes you have to really keep an eye on on world events too to make sure there's not strife in a certain country that you might want to look at a kid. You ever run into that at all? Um. Well, sometimes, I mean, it's, uh, you know, Venezuela used to be a, um, you know, I mean, it still is a, uh, a very talented country in terms of baseball players. And, um, it's, you know, it's been an increasingly difficult place to travel to. Um, and so you just have to kind of figure out ways in order to see those kids. And so, um, you know, if you can't go to Venezuela to see them, uh, you know, sometimes there's opportunities in neighboring Colombia or, uh, you know, in Aruba, just off the coast. Um, but yeah, you certainly need to, uh, you need to keep your eye on things and sign up for the, uh, the state department's website and emails to, you know, just to make sure you're getting all the alerts before you travel. 
<laughs> who knew in the scouting game that that would be a part of it? Chris Gale joining us. He's the Guardians Director of Player Evaluations. And it's it's a new title. Um, what does it mean, Player Evaluations, that, that you're the director of? How does that differ from what you've been doing, and, and what do you look forward to the most? Yeah, so it's a really cool opportunity. It's um, it, it allows me to kind of get back involved into um, both pro and amateur scouting, which I have a background in. Um, in addition to uh, uh, contributing um, in the international space as well. But, um, you know, I th- for the most part, um, you know, a lot of our scouts are starting to uh, contribute in all three areas of scouting instead of being kind of solely focused on just pro scouting or just amateur scouting or just international scouting. Um, and so we're doing some cross-departmental work. And so uh, there's a group of scouts that we have that are, contributing in all three of those spaces and so i'm uh i'm basically just help uh, helping to lead and coordinate that group's efforts in in scouting in all three areas well i know that uh scouting and, and developing has been that lifeblood as we mentioned earlier of, of uh, what the guardians have done in recent seasons and they'll they'll have to continue that for sure as they look forward but uh chris congratulations on, on the new position and thanks a lot for sharing some stories that was fun Thanks, Jim. Really appreciate you having me on. That is Chris Gale, the Guardians Director of Player Evaluations. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And as always, we remind you so many different ways to hear our show each week, including on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network, affiliate stations picking up the show usually late in the day on Saturday, a lot of times around that 5 to 6 o'clock hour. But check your local listings for showtimes on your Guardians Radio Network affiliate. You can also pick it up as a podcast, just uh, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Look for Cleveland Guardians Podcast and also online at cleeguardians.com. All the archived editions are there. That's going to wrap it for our show this week. Thanks so much to Brian Matze, as always, for helping to put together our show. Until next time, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network.
hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.